Welcome to Season 2 of Race at Scale, hosted this season by Lauren Eckstein. A Greenville native and self-proclaimed foodie, Lauren is the Director of Customer Insights here at ScanSource, where she plays a pivotal role implementing market and business strategies to engage ScanSource customers, utilizing statistical data analysis and the latest digital marketing capabilities. And when she's not kicking butt in her role here at ScanSource, Lauren enjoys reading up on true crime and playing any social sport like kickball or volleyball with her husband and friends. Today's episode of Ready, Set, Scale is sponsored by Cisco, Zebra, Axis, Datalogic, Elo, Epson, Honeywell, and Star, some of our many valued supplier partners. Stay tuned to learn more about how these sponsors can help you discover new opportunities in retail and grocery. In today's episode, we'll speak with Karen Bomber, Director of Industry Marketing at Honeywell. Hey, Karen. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, and thank you for having me today. Yes, we are so glad that you're able to join us, so we'll jump right in. Karen, this is one of the first times that I've had the opportunity to speak with you, so if you don't mind, could you help me just get a little bit of background on you as the Director of Industry Marketing at Honeywell and kind of what your background is in the overall industry? Yeah, sure. So I lead the industry marketing team for Honeywell's um, productivity solutions and services. We are focused on four industries, healthcare, distribution slash fulfillment centers, transportation and logistics, and our topic today, which is retail. So I lead the team and I also kind of double as the retail lead as well. And I've been with Honeywell just shy of three years. And prior to that, I've worked for several um, industry uh, industrial companies, all supplying into the retail space. And it's been a really nice journey as I combine the two things I like, technology and shopping. Ah, well, wonderful. Well, I too enjoy the shopping. And when we talk about grocery and retail today, I also enjoy the food aspects. So this should be a, a good conversation for us. So what is one innovation in the grocery and retail space that you're excited to see come to fruition this year? Yes. So the thing I'm most excited about is actually some refinement on the retail supply chain element. It accelerated with our global health crisis, but I think it's something that's been needed. And I'm really excited to see it come together, not only from the consumer side, like you and I are shopping, but also just the entire retail supply chain from the farmer to the delivery to the store. Great. Well, you were a guest on our sister ScanSource podcast, Don't Change the Channel, back in May. So during that episode, you made a couple observations for us, and I wanted to kick it off by reviewing what you said, and you know, maybe you can give us some insight into what has changed. Sure. I feel like this might be a test. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll make it pretty easy. I'll give you a good recap. So you had first mentioned that click and collect had shifted from something that was used out of convenience to something that is now necessary. One problem that grocers were facing is substitutions with customer orders. So for example, you said if somebody places an order online, how can they substitute it if it's out of stock? And what if your customer comes home and they have expired bread? So how has that really evolved since the last time that you touched on that subject? 
Yes. So I do think there's been a, an evolution, still not perfect, but out of necessity has come innovation and the substitution, which happens often, right? We always have to substitute usually, even if you're in the store, but it's even harder with click and collect because the picker might not know the preferences of the consumer. So retailers have invested in new digital platforms that allow better communication with the consumer, whereas maybe in the past or in May, they were relying on text. Uh, now they enable other types of notifications or phone calls. So it helps with substitutions. But I think what's happening is more often than not is when the consumer gets to the grocery store and whether there's click and collect or you still go in to pick it up, there are processes in place that the grocer employee reviews with the consumer and says like, okay, this is what you asked for. We are hundred percent compliant. This is what you asked for. And we couldn't find these two items. We didn't know if to substitute. So you don't have them. Would you like me to go back into the store and fulfill them? And I think it's more of like some best practices that the grocers have put into place. And now they're leveraging technology to help them support these best practices. And Honeywell is really helping to solve these challenges by having solutions like Honeywell Smart Talk that allows store personnel that are in the parking lot supporting curbside to talk with employees in the store in case someone says, yes, I want that substitution. Also, our voice-guided work solutions help the store employee, the picker as they're picking. If something's not in the shelf, they can look up inventory in the back room. So it's really what's happened since May is really the problem was exacerbated in May. And then here we are in January of 2021, and a lot of the kinks have been worked out as where the problems were, and now we're applying technology. There's still a ways to go, and I think that I'm looking forward to that journey and having that journey with the grocers as Honeywell continues to help solve these problems. Great. So, Karen, I have to throw you a curveball here, kind of hearing your insight on this. Do you personally use online shopping in the grocery space? Well, that's a fair question. I have to say in recent months, I have not. At the beginning of the health crisis, I did, and I had um, an above average experience doing so. But at the end of the day, I have chosen to mask up and at times mask and glove up and go into the grocery store because I like to pick out my perishables. So my dairy, my produce, and my meat. And it's interesting that you asked this question. I'm going to kind of take it in a different direction because I've discovered that I'm a statistic. A lot of people like to pick out those perishables. And when the future is brighter, or as I should say, the future is getting brighter and we enter into stores again, I think we're going to see this blend of self-selection and online ordering because a lot of people have accepted things because of the necessity and maybe they're getting green bananas instead of ripe bananas or maybe they're getting milk that expires in two days versus a week out and because it's a necessity and they're concerned with their health they've settled for it and although grocers are getting better there's still people that want to go self-select those perishables 
I think online order, click and collect, BOPUS, you can call it any of it. That's going to continue, but they're going to be placeholders of people coming in and getting the items that were picked and then going and doing their self-selection. When that technology fully advances, I will probably take advantage of it. But in the short term, I am choosing to go into the store, but I have dabbled in the click and collect in the summer months for sure. Well, I totally understand the perishables piece. I am one that will swear by the day that is stamped on the milk is the last day that I will consume the milk. So I am definitely one that likes to kind of pick and choose some of those. But I would also say too, the way that I kind of make my click and collect decision on the grocery side is really the grocery retailers that I feel like are emphasizing the trust and the relationship with their employees and the way that they organize their products and recognize what consumers are looking for. I think that's helped me when I do decide, hey, who do I want to use? How easy is it to order online? How easy is it to see what type of products they have and to know, you know, who's going to be the one that's actually picking out my products? So kind of switching thought process here, you had also mentioned that substitutions are a challenge from a retail level since it isn't as easy to substitute clothes as it is milk or bread. So how would you say retailers are navigating these types of challenges? Yeah, so that's a really good question and a little bit more difficult to to answer because in your example of milk, if like I love Fairlife milk, but if they're out of Fairlife, I'll use the store brand because I need milk. If I want a shirt and I want it, and blue, and all they have are red and black, there's no substitution there. Or I'll give you a real life example. Working from home, I'm going through my refillable pens, the ink, quite quickly. And I needed to order refills. And I ordered them online for a click and collect. I get to the store and they had nothing. They had not called me. They hadn't notified me. And in fact, they did not have the black refillable gel ink I wanted. So it was a very disappointing experience. And what they were able to do, though, is from their store, order it online from their system and had it shipped here. But that still creates friction. And I think that that is going to now become the next transition. So in that example, why did I have to go to the store to realize that my order had not been completely picked? I mean, I had ordered some other things, but the refillable ink is what I wanted. I think in the future, their systems are going to have to talk with their internal systems to say, hey, it's not going to be in your click and collect, but it'll be shipped to your house. And that's the way they're going to have to substitute because they, they couldn't substitute a different color and they couldn't substitute a different diameter for me. So that's in a hard goods environment. That was a, an office supply store. I think we can kind of all relate to that example. And if we go back to like the clothing example, a retailer brick and mortar is not going to be able to substitute that black shirt for the blue shirt I want. And that industry, like the soft goods industry, has now taken a hard turn to go really heavy into e-commerce. And I think that the retailers who sell any type of apparel, footwear or whatever, they've actually accelerated and to an e-commerce 
model. So the e-commerce complements the brick and mortar model. And it's all in an effort to handle the things like the substitutions, like trying to upsell on things that complement each other. So I think they're kind of three different models. There's the grocery model, which substitutions are a bit easier. There's the hard good model, which I think is going to integrate into their backend systems. And then there's the soft goods model, which I think is going to just drive e-commerce even stronger. That's a lot to deal with. <laughs> Definitely. But I appreciate you earlier mentioning to some of the solutions that Honeywell offers that help these types of challenges to be able to come up with a game plan and figure out, you know, how do we best create an experience for the consumer that is going to help drive revenue within their business. So when you're talking about those technologies. Let's talk about digitization from a supply chain level in general. So I'm a little bit less versed in what is going on from the supply chain side. So I was hoping that you could help explain to me a little bit when we talk about digitization, what are we talking about exactly? Yes, my new term digitization, and it actually supports some of the things that Honeywell's doing with what we call the retail supply chain which you're going to see more and more in Honeywell, we call it the retail demand chain because we as consumers are kind of driving the retail demand chain now. So how do you tie the retail demand chain, aka supply chain, into digitization? Digitization is really a combination of a lot of things. Uh, e-commerce, digital, you know, promotions to consumers, new apps for store associates and how they all linked together and also linking communications and device health together. And what we've done at Honeywell is really focused on empowering the store associate. So putting technology in the palm of an associate's hand that not only helps serve the customer who's come into the brick and mortar environment, with that digital coupon or with whatever that consumer has, but also empowering that associate to talk and communicate store to store if they're looking for inventory, the retail selling floor to the back room if there's a replenishment, and really driving information that could be entered by the store associate on one of Honeywell's mobile devices, driving that intel back into the supply chain aka the demand chain, in order to have the right product at the right time in the right location to serve the shopper who's either come into the store to purchase or come into the store to make selections that are then tied to the e-commerce business. So the digitization is the integration of data but then taking that data, making it mean something, and then once it means something, empowering the associate to serve the customer. And that can all be done through the Honeywell Mobility Edge platform mobile handheld devices, and particularly paired with software solutions like operational intelligence and Honeywell Smart Talk that now connect all of the associates together as people and connect visibility to what's happening with the devices together. So it becomes this large connection that actually is just moving everything forward. Well, that's really interesting. Thank you so much for explaining that and kind of breaking it down for me. So 
That being said, what advice do you have for our listeners in investing in the future? So investing in the future, I call this future investment protection. It's something that we all think about. So now that we've had this huge change, it's 2021, where can retailers invest and know that it's going to scale with all these things that I just spoke about? I think that one, there are a couple of areas for investment, you know, investment and the right solutions. So I view solutions as a combination of hardware, software, and services, making sure that you have the, the right solutions that can handle your business versus trying to leverage investments that have been made in years past. Because, you know, the world's changed. So now you have to invest in solutions. And I advise mobility solutions for that associate empowerment that can scale with the business. And the technology solutions, they are becoming AI-driven, ML-driven, providing predictive analytics. These are things that we should be welcoming because they are designed to help make the associate's job easier and help enable them to do more with a single solution. So I would say that retailers need to be investing in solutions that have the power and the technology, kind of the brains to scale. With that, though, does mean that there needs to be consideration of how to support infrastructure, the training of the staff, and all of those things fall into place very easily when you invest in the right technologies that are going to be able to support all these new workflows I talked about. Everything from click and collect to e-commerce to integration of consumer and associate information together. All right, Karen. Well, in the spirit of Ready, Set, Scale, let's pull out the crystal ball and talk about what the future looks like for 2021. So do you think that brick and mortar is going to come back in some sort of capacity in 2021? Absolutely. And I think we're starting to see early indications from analysts and from research reports that as retailers are opening up, as they've introduced safety protocols, that people are anxious to get back into the store. Before the um, health crisis, 89% of all retail sales were made in the brick and mortar environment. That number. Yeah. It's a huge number. People still want to go to the store for many things. Of course, grocery drives a lot of that, but then there's an element of instant gratification. There are health needs. I mean, most people go to a drugstore because they need something right then. They're not going to wait for an online order. And let's be honest, Not everything can be delivered by a drone within one hour. So the number was staggering before March of 2020. Now that changed a lot in 2020, and and I don't think it's going to return to 89% of retail revenue from brick and mortar, but it's going to come back strong. So there is the element of people going into the store and being able to make those substitutions that we talked about. Oftentimes, those substitutions cannot occur online because you may or may not have visibility to all the substitution options. Again, there's the instant gratification. Retailers have realized during both pre and post the health crisis that if they get consumers into the store for returns or if they get the consumers into the store to 
pick up their click and collect, that their revenue goes up in the store because foot traffic drives revenue. And I do think consumers want to get back into the store and retailers know that. And so retailers will make some changes. So I don't know what the how much capacity that's going to drive. So how much additional capacity that's going to drive for the retailer, but it's going to be an elevated customer experience because retailers are empowering their associates now to serve the customers that come in because they realize that customers have the option of buying online now. So it can be in the form of maybe curated shopping experiences. I think you're going to continue to see a lot of changes in payment, whether traditional checkout lines are changing. You have self-checkout, you have mobile checkout, you have tap and go. There's so many things that are changing. Those types of changes are going to continue in order to bring back that brick and mortar foot traffic. And and I'm very optimistic. I know I'm ready to get back into the store because I do a lot of returns. I buy something and it's a miss. And if I had been in the store, I would have never have bought it. And I think that I'm not unusual in that one. No, those are all great points. And I too enjoy going into the store because it really just gives me an excuse to get out of the house. So put on some real clothes and see the world. So um, that's great that you're feeling optimistic and definitely looking forward to seeing what's to come this year. In general, Karen, thank you so much for joining us today on Ready, Set, Scale. And I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on how the retail and grocery vertical is changing and what trends we can expect to see in the future. Well, thank you for having me. And in closing, before I do a sign off, I just want to add one little thing about brick and mortar coming back in 2021. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the shopping experience is going to change. We've heard about social distancing. We've heard about cleaning protocols and everything ranges from like better air purification to maybe temperature checking. But one thing Honeywell, the safety and productivity division has really invested in is making sure that those devices, whether they're mobility or printing or scanning, are in the disinfectant ready housing that is supporting safety protocols for the associate. We've taken that technology that we led in the healthcare space of disinfectant ready housing and moved that into our our general purpose devices. And then I, I mentioned earlier the operational intelligence software that connects everything, well, it also notifies the associate of when to clean a device. And because it's disinfectant-ready housing, you can use those harsh chemicals that really meet those cleaning protocols. And then it also lets store management know when devices have been checked out and when they've been checked in. And those types of little nuances that are helping protect the associates as well as the shoppers are some things that are going to be changing in the background in 2021 and future, while all of those improvements I talked about the customer experience will be there. So I think that there's that really bright future in 2021. And I really appreciate your letting me uh, add that because I think that's very important to us as shoppers and to our partner community to know that technologies are out there to support these store reopenings. 
Oh, absolutely. And I really feel like that's the beauty of technology, right? Is that a lot of times it enhances our experiences with us not even knowing. It's not even changing the way that we have to do things. It's adapting to the needs of, of the people. So I appreciate you you sharing that thought as well. With that, we conclude our episode of Ready, Set, Scale. And now a message from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Cisco, Zebra, Axis, Datalogic, Elo, Epson, Honeywell, and Star. As technology adoption and digital growth continue accelerating rapidly, it's time to take a closer and deeper look at what your existing retail and grocery customers need. With help from ScanSource, provide new retail and grocery solutions that prioritize safety, efficiency, and convenience. Ones that keep your customers flexible and competitive. To discover the endless retail and grocery opportunities at ScanSource, visit scansource.com backslash retail and grocery. I really hope you enjoyed spending time with us today. Be sure to join us again for our next episode of Ready, Set, Scale. And in the meantime, let us know if you have any questions or any suggestions for future podcast topics by going to scansource.com backslash RSS question. I'd love to hear from you. 